and everyone as we start the new cycle of uh, reading the Torah we start with Bereshis of course and I want to share with you a fascinating Chasm Seifer on whole episode with Kain and Hevel we all know the famous story that when Kain and Hevel were born so Kain was the first to give an offering to Hashem and he gave from the best sorry he gave from very simple fruits of the land and Hevel was not the first he came after Kain to give an offering to Hashem but he gave from the best of the best of what he had from Mamish the eldest of his sheep and from the best of the best and the next Pasuk says that Hashem accepted the offering that Hevel gave, which was from the best. And then it says later, But to the offering of Kain, he did not accept. And as a result of that, Kain was upset, etc. And later on, we know the continuation of the story, that Kain killed Hevel. So the Chasm Seifer asks a question that may seem to be a very simple question but he says I don't understand let's look at things as they are in a very simple way at the end of the day Hevel did Mamish Ratzon Hashem he gave an offering to Hashem of the best of the best which logically makes a lot of sense from Svara logic that that is what Hashem wants we have many mitzvahs like that. That from the first thing we have, first we give to Hashem. We see that in Ola, we see that in Bikurim. We spoke about these ideas a lot in the past. As opposed to Kain, who did not really do the best, although he did give an offering to Hashem, but he showed a bit of lack of respect to Hashem. You would expect to give him the best present. Yet, says the Chamsam Soifer, it seems like it seems like Cain had it all and Hevel lost everything because Cain had a lot, a lot of descendants as you'll see later on whereas Hevel had zero because he got killed where's the justice? what's going on? that's what the Chasm Soifer asks now open brackets over here before we get to the Chasm Soifer's answer I personally don't understand so much why it's such a big question because we know that everything that this world is all about is really the eternal world it's the world to come this world as the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos tells us it's just a posdo it's just a hallway it's just a way to let us get to the eternal world so why does it matter what it looks like things are here in this world but obviously the Chassam Seifer knew what I'm saying and I assume that his question is deeper than what meets the eye and he's saying even in this world there is some sort of correlation to the world to come because as we spoke about in previous when a person is mashpia is influencing others in many ways even without him knowing or with him knowing it doesn't matter those influences are also the credit is, to a certain level is associated to the person that had an influence on them for good and for bad and as I once liked to give a parable to that, as a mashal, for those of you who know, which I think most of you do, the pyramid structure of the multi-level marketing. 
that even if five people down the road came into that whole scheme, you still get a percentage from that. In fact, I think most businesses work like that to a certain degree. So that's perhaps what the Chassam Soifer is asking. Hevel had no one to continue his Avodah Hashem, him being close to Hashem and doing doing mitzvahs, whatever it is, to connect Hashem. And he can't influence anyone anymore because he's not alive. And there's no one to continue that. As opposed to Kain, that does have answers the Chassam Soifel. And I think the idea that comes out from this Chassam Soifel that I want to share with you is that there is no way one loses when you do its own Hashem. You only gain. It might not seem that way at the beginning, but in the long term, that is always what it is. And that is what life is all about. Doing its own Hashem. Don't worry about the outcome. That's not your headache. Hashem will take care of you when you do its own Hashem. Because the Mephalshim and Chazal say, and that's pretty evident when you read the Torah, that all of Hevel descendants, all of kind descendants, sorry, all of kind descendants were totally wiped out during the Mabul. We know that around the corner when the nation, I mean everyone on, in the earth, on the earth was doing bad things to say the least, they all got wiped out. Hashem wanted to destroy the world and the only people that he let to continue live was Noach and his family and the basic animals to continue life later on. But everyone else was wiped out. Chazal tell us that everyone's from Hevel descendants Sorry, everyone from kind descendants were totally wiped away. So indeed, in a relatively short period of time, everyone was wiped out. So there's no one to continue Havel. However, Kain, say Chazal, his neshama was reincarnated into Shes, Shet. Now, Noach came from him. And hence, there was a continuation on a spiritual level, there was a continuation of of Hevel. So Hevel indeed did not lose out because he was doing it on Hashem. And that's true in all aspects of life. It may seem to us, how can it be? Like Moshe Rabbeinu, I think that was one of his questions, asked How can it be a tzaddik v'ralo tzaddik? How can it be a tzaddik that has a bad in this world? And the answer is, you don't really know what bad is. We spoke about this idea as, also, as well. It's at the end of the day, it's all good, just we don't see it. We don't. Sometimes we see it later on, sometimes we don't see it at all. And only in the world to come we'll see it. But when you do it on Hashem, then you're always going to win. And that's why a person should live his life, if you're a programmer, then my mashal is like an infinite loop. And in that loop, you always ask yourself, is this what's on Hashem, what I'm about to do or not? If yes, I'll do it. If no, I won't. If you're not sure, then you ask your Rav. And that's why it's so important, like the Mishnah Perki Avos says, to make a Rav that will know your family, will know exactly what your koichis are, what, exactly what you're all about, what are your good points, what are your sore points. And seeing the whole picture, they can tell you what's right for you. Now, I want to end with a story I heard from a good friend of mine of Dov Berlif and I think I think in a certain level it brings the point home it's a true story that was brought down he heard it from Tzvi Myers and Tzvi Myers he 
gave his word that he validated all the information that is 100% correct. The story happened in Israel 50 years ago when a person by the name of Ilan lived in an apartment and his direct neighbor across from him was this person Ilan. He was totally mufka, which means totally disconnected from Yiddishkeit. And he had a son that, that was very eager to know about Yiddishkeit. And he got very connected to their neighbor. And their neighbor is a person that dedicated his life to learning. And he was very serious in Torah mitzvahs. And the child grew and grew and grew and got very connected to this neighbor. And slowly but surely he became more religious and more religious. Started learning every day and doing Torah and mitzvahs and so on and so on. At one point, this kid's father, whose name is Ilan, got really upset and he said, that's it. This has passed everything that I imagined. This is crazy. I cannot continue living like this. And he actually took his neighbor to court, saying that he's negatively impacting his son and he wants him to have no connection to his son and he was going crazy. So, indeed, the day of the court came and he comes to court and the judge happened to be a religious guy, Kippasuga guy, and the judge says, he looks at him, and looks very familiar to him, and he says, wait a second, he turns to this person by the name of Ilan, and he says, can it be that you're actually Zelig from Ayara, the village of so-and-so in, uh, in Lita? And he says, yes, but I don't go by that name, and he couldn't believe that the judge knew this. And the judge also was a bit in shock. You see, he was very inspired and became he became white as a ghost for a split second. And the judge says, wow. And he says, I have to share with all of you a story right now. When I was a kid, I was growing up in this village that uh, you were in, which is in Lita. And I'll never forget it. After my live, I used to stay at Chul and he used to play in the woman's section over there with a friend of mine. And one day suddenly came this mother and she started going to the Aron HaKodesh, to the Ark. She opened up the Ark and she started crying and tearing to HaKodesh and davening. Please help my Zelig. How can it be all he's doing is doing sins and Averas? And please. And the next day the same thing happened and so it goes and went on for like two weeks straight. After a week of her crying to HaKadosh Buhu, she didn't know we were there, of course, I went and I looked at her son, Zelig, and I couldn't believe it. He didn't change one bit. He continued with the same sins. And I said, wow, I said to myself, I cannot believe it. How can it be such a powerful prayer? And Chazal bring down, I'm adding this on my own to the story, that Sharei Dima Loninalu, when a person cries, that gate, HaKadosh Buhu, is never closed. How can it be? It didn't, didn't affect. Well, what's going on? And he says, and now I see that they did affect. And I'm telling you right now, this whole course, court case is dismissed because it has nothing to do with your neighbor. It's not the neighbor that's affecting your son. It's the prayers of your mother. Now, why, why am I bringing it here? It's always nice to see how a prayer has a major impact. But I'm also bringing it because I assume this mother did Ratzon Hashem. And there's nothing else. Everyone has their freedom of choice. That's a totally different share which takes forever. That's very nice and important to know. Maybe we'll try to summarize at one point. 
But Hashem created the world in a way that everyone has the freedom of choice. If not, then there's no point. And hence, every person at the end of the day has his own freedom of choice. Yes, you can try to dive into Hashem to affect them by them seeing certain things that will trigger their thoughts. But at the end of the day, it's going to be their choice. So this mother did Ratzon Hashem. She lived a good life, a religious life. She did Ratzon Hashem on whatever level she was holding. Everyone on their level, of course. The whole idea is that we continue to grow spiritually. And that's how she tried to affect her son. And at the end of the day, she did not lose out because, you see, her grandchild did indeed get close to Hashem and Be'ez Hashem will continue like that with his all his surroundings that he's going to be mashpia and influence. It's very important to note that it's not the influences one can have is not necessarily through children. For example, the Chazunish, he didn't have any children because Hashem, Hashem was for him not to have children. He taught so many people that they were his children in the, in the world to come. They will be his children. There's many proofs to that in the Torah that a person that teaches someone, he's like their child. And Chazal bring down the same idea as when someone supports someone because that person is learning through him or his children or, or, or supporting children to be able to learn. A lot of people I know give money to, to people that don't really aren't connected at all to Yiddishkeit for someone to be able to teach them. Yilatzonet will take this idea and implement it in this new year and forever that will always try to strive to do Yilatzon Hashem. Good job.